Hi and welcome. Welcome to Travel with Ketan. With me Ketan Joshi, biker, backpacker and travel writer. Three men on motorcycles. The amigos ride to Ladakh. Le to Nubra Valley. Utho re! Utho re! Utho! Get up! The familiar words came to me as a shot awake in the morning. But they sounded a little different this time. No zombie hotelier. No crow. Who was making that noise? I looked around and saw to my surprise that Adi was trying to slap Baba awake. Utho re! Uh, two, two, two minutes, uh, five minutes, uh, ten minutes, Baba would mumble and burrow back into the sheets like a bear getting back into hibernation. Utho re! Two minutes, five minutes, please, please, please. What's going on? I asked, confused. I just thought that I would help you out. Waking these two is quite a task. Ah. Don't worry about it. Not today. Leave that poor fellow alone. I know just how to get that sleepy Baba out of bed. I went over and shouted, Baba, we are off to Khardumula today. And boom, like a flash Baba was up. There was a crack like lightning and he was fully dressed and ready. His hair coiling and uncoiling with excitement. Let's go. Impressive. <laughs> and Adi fell to the ground and started shaking a bit. Baba kicked him in the ass and said, Get up, fucker! We are off to the highest motorable road in the world. And so we were. The great Khardungla Pass was calling from 5578 5, meters. Doing this pass is what all bikers live for. Once you have done Khardungla, you are a man. An alpha male among riders. Doing Khardungla Pass is the high point of the entire Ladakh ride. We set out from Leh early in the morning and reached Fiang, which is a turn off for Nubra Valley and Ketap. That's what we start bikers call it, you know, Ketap. And we stopped there at a nondescript dhaba for breakfast with photos of a plump and buxom Sunakshi Sina on the wall. And what a breakfast it was. Um, yes, serving only parathas and dal. And they were the best parathas I ever had. As desi and well-rounded and key-filled and appealing as Sonakshi herself. We ate and ate and gorged ourselves and only after we stopped and burped that we felt that maybe hogging on heavy parathas isn't the best idea before a high uh, before a high ride on the highest pass in the world. Uh, but never mind. This breakfast would be worth any queasiness. Fang is just 13 kilometers from Khardongla top. But Fiang is at 3,600 meters, while Ketop is at 5,578 meters. So in 13 kilometers, you are ascending more than 2 kilometers to 2,000 meters, which is a hell of a climb. Undeterred, we set out with a roar and attacked that road. We were young and free and mounted on 500cc bullets and Ketop did not scare us. Roaring up that road was one of the best experiences of my life. It's always fun to go up a twisty road on a motorbike because you can pick up a bit of speed and use the centripetal force to lean the bike at a steep angle for the thrill. And you don't need to use the brakes to slow down. 
just cut the throttle and the bike slows instantly because it is fighting against gravity thus you can have a really thrilling ride with a greater measure of safety of course conversely it is bloody scary to come down a steep twisty road the other trick with high passes is to do it as early as possible because the weather always worsens as the day builds up it becomes foggy or cloudy and it may even rain the snow on the high peaks start melting and all that water comes down on the roads making it a disgusting muddy slush you ideally wouldn't want to experience any of that stuff so you do it as early as possible the weather was great bright and sunny the mighty himalayan views the thump of our bullets the wind in our face and the anticipation of doing something great the highest pass in the world i was so happy the road was in excellent condition till about 5 km of the summit this is common to most passes in india the summit and road near the summit is always in bad shape and we zoomed up the bad road didn't affect us as we had done zanskar earlier and soon we were on the top we had done it we are at top of kadungla pass yeah we had done it we are on k top and it was fucking disgusting Ugh. it was like being on top of bloody rohtang pass it was bloody chopadi up there throngs of tourists uncles and aunties and billus and bubblies people selling maggi noodles shops selling t-shirts it was a bloody picnic spot i was dumbfounded at the mess I knew a lot of tourists hire taxis to come and see Ketok but I had no idea it would be this bad uncle dainties babies babas all milling around the bongs all wrapped up in monkey caps and shawls and shouting kee to each other and the panjus were swagging swaggering around in shorts and t-shirts and man boobs pretending this is all normal ads all that was missing was the camels and horses which you would find in other hill stations <laughs> we were so proud of biking it up here but the army had put up several signboards of people who had walked up cycled up ran up and even roller skated up here how the fuck does one roller skate up a slope <laughs> especially this much high up over rocks and blood mud and slush to the highest road in the world i felt like a total wimp what shit <laughs> i said in shock let's get the fuck out of here wait wait both said in unison and jumped off their bikes and started posing in front of the board that said you are on khaldungla top the highest motorable road in the world there was already a large group of morons taking selfies in front of the board but this two just pushed everyone out of the way and started taking their own photos limitless amounts of photos with helmet without helmet with jacket zipper undone just a bit and then a procession of photos of zipper coming down and each in every shot until the jacket was hanging free looking east looking west then south then north then up then down looking in every cardinal point and in a variety of expressions adi especially was a photo whore are are take my photo take it like this uh, now like this uh, now i'll hold my helmet in my right hand and now in my left fucker are you a biker or an underwear model i growled at him just because you are as ugly as a stump and can't stand looking at your own photos there is no reason to prevent other people from having their photos taken back adi shot back shrewdly silencing me for a minute and went back to posing he would probably have stood there forever until he was murdered by hordes of other tourists impatiently waiting their turn for a photo in front of the stupid sign but for a lucky chance he tilted his head to jet out his beard and yet give a coy expression and his sunglasses fell off and he stepped on them with a loud crack 
number 17 me and delta called out together and bowed our heads in salute oh shut up adi growled and walked off in a huff to buy another pair of sunglasses and a maggi and a t-shirt and some keychains and whatever tourist knickknacks he could find finally they did to get out that k top and go down and about time too it was after all some serious altitude and nothing to be taken lightly all around us were signs warning us about altitude sickness and the fact that it can be fatal you can develop an edema that's a fancy word for a swelling doctors love that jargon in your brain or lungs and then it's goodbye you should not spend too much time at this altitude without acclimatization and immediately go to a low ride if you feel sick luckily i have not been troubled by altitude sickness so far but both of these guys had a bad time after i mean earlier already i could see people clutching their heads and there's one biker was leaning over his bike and puking away he needed to get down and see a doctor luckily i was with a group and they are all clustered all around them i really wondered how they were going to get him and his bike down eh? the road 10 km on both sides were truly fucked the tarmac had been stri- stripped off by the ice and the ice removal machines and were all muddy and slushy with the snow melt water and were bounded by ice walls on both sides we were now crossing the khadungla top and descending into nubra valley and just as we were descending i saw a familiar face it was indiver reddy my friend from bangalore one of the guys who inspired me to start riding and he was looking all fucked up with altitude sickness he didn't recognize me and went zooming down the mountain and off we went in hot pursuit Kadungla Pass is the gateway to the Shok and Nubra valleys and was a part of the old Silk Road from Leh to Kashgar in Central Asia and China which was a big market for silks and whatever other shit they were traded in when you descend from Kadungla you pass the North Pullu village where the non-Indian people have to check in with their inner line permits and the Indians go and hog in various roadside restaurants and it was in one of these that I found Indy and the gang of ruffians who was with him Yo Indy asshole motherfucker cock lagger screamed at him shocking not only him but all the denizens of that hitherto respectable establishments his friend was so startled that they nearly choked on their aloo paratha and were brought to life by administering the heimlich maneuver or slapping hard on the back ketman asshole motherfucker Indy stopped in mid greeting as he noticed the blistering looks he was getting from the other guests Where did you spring from you bastard? A couple of the men looked like they were going to get up and remonstrate with us for the bad language. When Adi and Delzad also rode up looking like the two horsemen of the apocalypse and the sight of them frightened them into silence. And when Del took his helmet off and showed off his medusa like hair, it turned everyone into stone. We introduced our companions to each other and sat down for a meal. The Bangalore boys were the motoholics. India one of the guys who inspired me to take up riding. He used to be a Royal Enfield man but now had graduated to better things and was riding a big ass BMW. But even that was dwarfed by an even bigger ass, bigger ass 1000cc BMW which was being ridden by a big beefy guy who turned out to be a rich planter with farms and estate near Bangalore. 
Along with them was a bald beefy guy who was trying to balance the lack of hair on his head by growing a ferocious moustache. He looked sad and grumpy like a bison with a secret sorrow. What's with him? I whispered to Indy. Oh, never mind him. He just had a bereavement, so he's a bit upset. Oh my God, who died? His bike. <laughs> it turned out that he was a tinkerer and bike restorer and had restored a classic pre-war Norton 750cc bike and against all sensible advice, had decided to ride it to Ladakh. It was like giving an 80-year-old grandmother a dose of vitamins and taking her out. You can take her for a gentle stroll around the park with no problems. But if you take her for an orgy and gangbang her roughly for hours with her lubrications and use whips and chains and cigarette butts on her, she's going to conk out mid-fuck. And that was what happened. He happily rode out around Bangalore to great applause. But when he took her to Ladakh and started riding her vigorously, she responded with, Are you fucking kidding me? And died straight in the middle of Zojila, leaving the poor guy stranded. They had to send the bike off in a truck to Bangalore and rent a bike for him to complete the ride. So the Norton man was now on a rented Royal Enfield and generally pissed with life. There were a couple of guys more too, but they were more like Harold and Kumar ride to Ladakh kind of stuff. They were on a couple of ancient RD350s and seemed to be powered by good karma and marijuana. They didn't have any money, any equipment, any repair stuff and their novel response to any situation was Fuck it, macha. Let's have a smoke, man. As usual, when two groups meet, both groups compete to tell embarrassing stories about the common acquaintance. This fucker, the bald restorer whispered, pointing at Indy. This bald bastard. You are bald too, Macha, the stoner pointed out. This bald and fat bastard. The restorer amended his statement. Just say the word salt. Go on, I tell you. Say the word salt. It seemed to be quite an innocuous word to say. I had called him many more words in the past. So I said to Indy and said, I turned to Indy and said, Salt. And to my surprise, he turned scarlet and the whole group started laughing like hyenas. What the fuck, man? Why would you say that word, Macha? Eh? I was taken back by the reaction and they explained it to me. This bastard read somewhere that you should have more salt when you go to high altitudes. All the way from Jammu has been after us to eat more salt. Salt, salt, salt. He even tried to make a put, in a, put salt in a tea and told us that this is the way that Tibetans drink their tea. Salt, butter, tea. Even the rum you are having, having in the salt rim. That's the way to protect yourself from high altitude sickness, he tells us smugly. You should be having more salt, da. But when we got to lay, he was the first one to get dizzy and so we went to a doctor. She checked him out and said, everything else was fine, but his blood pressure was a bit high. Had he been having too much salt? <laughs> we all agreed that he's a fool and immediately I suggested that we should ride on before Delja and Adi counter with stories about me. We finished our lunch and left and decided to ride together for a bit and hit the road to explore the Nubra Valley. Ah, Nubra Valley, wow. This is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. The vistas are truly grand because we're in the great Himalayan range. The sky is so beautiful and the views are... Uh, I sound like a National Geographic, Geographic reporter. 
But that is the reason we travel and go biking in the Himalayas to get close to the gods. <clears throat> the Nubra Valley forks into Y, and one end goes into Hundar, when the other goes to Panamik. The apparently are hot springs in Panamik. Fascinating. All hot springs in, are fascinating, especially in the Himalayas. Just think that some underground water is being heated by contact with the Earth's core was zillion miles down. And then it fizzles up all the way up to the top of the frozen freaking Himalayas and becomes a hot, warm hot tub. It's fantastic. In the days of the Silk Road, Panamek was an important stopping point for the caravans before tackling the formidable Karakoram Mountains. I can just imagine the caravan was soaking contentedly in the hot springs, relaxing the stiff muscles and probably getting a nice massage, probably with a happy ending too. Hmm, sounds so good. The other folk reads to Hundar, which is famous for having a real Himalayan desert. The term Himalayan desert generally refers to any inhospitable desert landscape where plants can't grow. But this is a real desert with sand and sand dunes and weird bacterial camel with two humps. We encountered the Himalayan desert for the first time. White sandy desert with brilliant white sands. It is quite disconcerting to see many sand dunes in the middle of the mountains and a pang of sympathy went through me for the merchants who used to travel the silk roads. Just imagine the bugger's plight. They come from China and suffered eating grasshoppers and Chinese food and crossing giant mountains and glaciers and raging rivers and the badlands of Tibet and they are just heaved aside seeing green valleys and flatter mountains and are thinking the worst is behind them. And what do they see? Fucking deserts, sand dunes and stuff waiting for them with, uh, with double-humped camels and crooked camel drivers. Poor guys. But the deserts are so beautiful. I just stopped when I saw them and switched off the bike and just sat there watching the scene. One by one, everybody stopped and we all sat there watching the scene. It was amazing. All except Delzad, that is. He fell asleep as usual. Until we kicked him to wake him up. Power nap, he explained and we nodded. The original plan was to go all the way to the end of the road, Turtuk, and stay there for the night. But we had wasted a lot of time in the day, what with the meeting up and chatting and looking at sites, and we are behind schedule. Also, while you can always find accommodation for 3 people, it may not be that easy to get accommodation for 12 people in a small village. And these were guys who are not bikari backpackers like me, but are wanting to stay in a posh place. And of course, now we have to keep a watch on the fuel situation as well. While me and Delzad wouldn't have a problem with our 20 litre tanks, Adi surely would. And in Enfield, in their infinite wisdom, has settled, settled the classic with a tiny 12 litre tank and no fuel gauge. So you will know that you are low on fuel only when the bike suddenly dies in the middle of the highway and strands you in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> anyway, anywhere in India, you will find sad classic owners standing in front of an empty bike which is far too heavy to push and too expensive to leave unattended on the highway. The only pump in Nubra Valley is in Hundar, so we decided to stay somewhere close to that. I thought it might be tough to find a place to stay, but increasing tourism interest in the place has sparked off a resort revolution and soon we found a nice tented resort to stay in. The resort had a seriously wide, weird location. It was way off the beaten track. 
there's a place near hundar where you can see the double hump bacteria in camels and we want to see that and some guys the expensive dsl are wanted to take photos of them i had dreams of a deserted uh, uh, desert with a herd of camels silently coming up the evening coming up in the evening romantic himalayan solitude silence and the song of the wind etc etc but imagine my disgust when i saw another bloody male out there this is actually a fair organized by the local people and villagers from all around had come and were playing bollywood songs on loudspeakers and local politicians and community community leaders were giving speeches and declaring prizes for some local song and dance competition what a disillusionment there were a lot of camels so the place is a tourist attraction so a tourist trap i would say and the local camel herders bring their camels here so that tourists can see them and for a small fee have their photos taken with them or on them it smacked of being a tourist trap and i refused to go anywhere near them as far as i am concerned camels are best seen from afar their beauty as such is elusive their gaze is most disrespectful the neck is too long their legs too powerful and their teeth are far too big it can if so inclined kick you bite you butt you with its head using its long neck or at least sneer at you with complete contempt and not to mention that it smells bad apart from having one hump i really didn't see the appeal in them and anyway many of them had strangely saggy humps like the saying tits of old women they went flipping and flopping on side to side as the camel moved and looked more unpleasant but to be fair the camel didn't think of much uh, think much of us either and they sneered at us like only a camel can nobody can sneer like a camel you can imagine them laughing at us for being variously old fat bald ugly unfashionably dressed stupid cowardly etc etc not all in one person but as a collection of qualities in the group <laughs> nobody could stand the double impact of that male atmosphere and the camel sneers for long and even the most dedicated slr snipers wound up and we went back to the resort now the question was to organize some booze as you can't expect male interaction without the social lubrication of booze the lowering of inhibition is essential to generate the comfort level required for males to interact and india promptly dispatched to the nearest town to find some booze and he came back bearing it proudly like a flag one in battle we swapped riding stories till the rum ran out and then we went to bed i kept waiting for someone to offer me some weed but no one did much to my disappointment but it had been an amazing day we had done the highest motorable road in the world just the three of us and without any help or backup and that's it for this episode guys thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed it do check out the other episodes before this if you have not done so already so that you can get flow of the book to check out this book uh, on amazon three men on motorcycles and the five part amigo series which is the continuing adventures of the amigos do check out my website www.ketanjoshi.net that is www.ketanjoshi.net it has got a list of all my books it has got photo galleries for each book 
it has got uh, my youtube channel uh, which you might like if you like this podcast it is like this podcast but illustrated with uh, photos and videos and uh, it has got my blog and you can contact me from there as well there's a lot of fun on this side do check it out uh, do let me know what you thought of this episode and uh, of the book and i'm really looking forward to hearing from you bye guys see you 